Hey, it's good to be home. It is so good to be home. Stay standing if you can. Stay standing if you can. Um, wow, I just, I'm honored to be home. And uh, I just want to say real quick, before you sit down, um, I just want to say this. You guys have an incredible church that you are a part of. And it's a church of great legacy. And it's not an overnight success. This, is thing, this has been built on the shoulders of great people and great people of faith. And uh, I just want to honor your pastors because they were instrumental in, in my faith when I first became aware that God wanted a relationship with me. I had no clue what that meant. And your pastors were huge in sowing into my life, believing in me, championing my dreams. And uh, they've done that not just for me, but for so many. And many of you, I know you are a byproduct of their journey and their faith investment. Can, can we just celebrate Pastors Jeremy and Jen DeWert and all they are? I love y'all. Thank you for investing into me. Thank you for your friendship. Um, just incredible leaders. And a, a mark of great leaders is who's around them. And I would just say you have a fantastic team at City First. Every staff member, every volunteer, every leader, you are absolutely amazing. Uh, Pastor Adam and Lisa Seaton, can we show them some love wherever they are? Amazing. And I don't know if he's here, but um, Derek Stalin preached an amazing message the other day. You have no idea? That was phenomenal. Uh, but I just wanted to celebrate the leaders, the volunteers, the staff. You guys are absolutely amazing. Well, I, um, I just released my first book, y'all, and it's called You Can Live the Dream. And uh, I'm passionate about it. There's so much in here that I believe can encourage and inspire and help you. But the reason why I wanted to share this, especially today, is because much of my story about what God did in my life in this church and in this area I write about but also, there is something significant in chapter 4 of this book where I write about a man named Eugene Whitcomb, who despite naysayers and critics and the face of fear and doubt, in 1967, he decided to take a crazy step of faith and, and he purchased and he developed a church and a school on 32 acres of land on the corner of Spring Creek and Mulford. And decades later, and thousands of lives that have internal, eternally been different, including mine, City First continues. This is a God story that began with a man and a woman that took a crazy step of faith in the face of naysayers. It didn't make sense. Here, here's, here's what I'm trying to encourage you with. Never underestimate your step. I don't know what it is that God may be prompting you to take a step towards, as insignificant as it may feel in this moment of your life, your step has the potential to change the trajectory of not only your life, but many people around you and many people behind you. We are standing in a God story because some amazing people took steps of faith, including your pastors, Jeremy and Jen DeWert. So I, I feel like this is a significant book that is attached to the story of this church. Um, we're having it out in the lobby. I would love to meet you. I'd love to connect with you after the service, but that's enough about the book. Um, I just want you to know that it can be a blessing to you in your life in some form or fashion. But stay standing. I'd like to start with something funny. Is that okay? Me and my pastor in Houston, we have a running competition of who can tell the better joke. And so I'm going to tell it. Laugh if you want. If you think it's corny and stupid, don't laugh. It's that simple. 
A child asks his father, how were people born? So his father said, Adam and Eve made babies, then their babies became adults and made babies, and so on. Then the child went to his mother and asked her the same question, and she told him, we were monkeys, then we evolved to become like we are now. The child ran back to his father and he said, you lied to me. And his father replied, no, your mom was talking about her side of the family. (laughs) Okay. Hey, not trying to cause any family drama here today. If you're taking notes today, I want to talk. My message title is Stand On It. Stand on it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity that we get to lean into this space of faith. We know it's not by accident. We know it's not by chance that we're here, whether we're here in person or watching online. Our prayer is that you would have your way in our hearts. We open the runway of our hearts. Land in our hearts whatever needs to be landed. Our prayer is that we would not leave the same, but that we would leave eternally changed and different, better than when we came in. We believe it, we declare it in Jesus' name, and all the passionate City First people said, amen, amen, amen. God is good. You may be seated. Oh, man. John 10.10. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. John 10.10. Now, there's two two sides of the coin of of this promise. John 10.10, if you're unfamiliar with it, it says that the thief, talking about the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy But Jesus trumps that. And he says, but oh, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The message translation says it like this, that you may experience a life better than you ever imagined or dreamt of. Now that's a a powerful promise. But when you think about the first half of that coin and you think about a thief, I've never known a thief that tries to attempt to steal from a vacant home from vacant places have you thieves are not hunting empty homes right they're looking for places that possess things valuable things so many of us right now in our lives you're facing opposition and obstacles and setbacks and you're going what what, what's going on right now in my life why am I facing all of these things can I encourage you that those things that are coming against you are an indicator They are an indicator that you have something inside of you that is valuable, that is powerful. You are packed with God gifts and talents and destiny. All the fact that you're facing something should not give you a reason to quit or to stop believing. It should give you a reason to go, wait a minute. I got something on the inside of me that God's put that the enemy's trying to oppose. I'm going to stand in and believe that there is something in my future to believe for to hope for, to get excited about. So I want to encourage you today about changing your perspective of your problems. You see, Jesus died and he rose again, making a way and empowering us to live an abundant life in this life and in the life to come. See, this abundant life, this this concept of living the dream, it's not a life without problems. It's a life being led with the right perspective. And Jesus has offered this this amazing ability to possess this perspective of faith. 
You see, you can't control what happens to you in life. But you can control how you choose to see those things. See, a few years ago, I was invited to speak at a church in Southern California. And when I arrived there, I had someone come pick me up and we went to the hotel. And when we showed up to the front of the hotel, the hotel was going through a renovation process. And in the front, we were met by construction workers. I mean, it was, it was a loud, chaotic mess. Jackhammers were slamming on the ground. Cement trucks were lined up, pouring out cement. Project managers are screaming on megaphones. I mean, it was, it was a chaotic mess. And as we pull up, the driver's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to go around to the side entrance of the hotel and enter there. I said, cool. Got into the hotel, went into the elevator, went up to the 11th floor where the room was, walked into my room, went over to the balcony, slid, over, slid open the balcony door, and when I took a step out into the balcony and I looked over the overhang, I was overwhelmed. Just breathtaking view of the, of the Pacific Ocean. Just gorgeous, captivating. Sunset, the sound of calming waves crashing against the sand. I mean, it was incredible. It was amazing. Now, five minutes before, in the same hotel, it was hard to avoid the construction chaos. The diesel exhaust the scream, the noise, the chaos, right? Now, my address and location had not changed on the map. You know, that little blue dot that you see on Google Maps? My location had not moved or changed, yet I was experiencing something completely different. What changed? My elevation changed. My perspective changed. I was able to see beyond the chaos to something beautiful. Friends, this is the power of having a perspective of faith. If you will allow your faith to inform you concerning your problems, your challenges, and your struggles, you can experience chaos all around you, yet simultaneously experience peace, joy, satisfaction, purpose, significance. Same time. I'm not saying you ignore reality. It's not what I'm saying. Challenges are real and we have to face them. Faith doesn't ignore the facts. Faith looks beyond the facts. That's what faith does. Faith, faith helps you see beyond your circumstances. Faith is knowing. It's a knowing that, that all these things, the God who is for me, is greater than these things and these obstacles that are in front of me. So here's my question to you today, City First. Those here, those watching what if I told you that nothing has to change in your life around you for you to experience peace, joy, and contentment? What if I told you that? What if I told you that external circumstances don't determine the quality of your life? Your perspective of your circumstances does. Friends, this is the message of the gospel. It's the message of the gospel that says, I don't have to have anything change around me, yet I can experience peace, joy, satisfaction, contentment. No matter where I'm at in my marriage, no matter where I'm at in my career, no matter where my finances are, no matter where things are at externally, nothing has to change for me to live the dream right now. Nothing. Perspective matters. Perspective matters, especially in seasons of pain, in seasons of struggle, setback, 
when you're surrounded, when you're in a storm, that, that's when perspective really, really matters. And this is why I'm so passionate this morning. Because some of you are there right now. You're in the midst of a storm, a setback, challenge at work, challenge in your marriage. Your kids aren't acting right. There's things happening in your life that you didn't expect. A doctor's report. And these things you're faced with. Let me put it this way. What is the mountain in your life right now? What is the obstacle that is standing in front of you right now? An addiction? An unexpected accident? Financial crisis? Marriage seems to be falling apart? A doctor's report that you didn't anticipate? Fighting depression? Everyone has a mountain. I don't care who you are. Everyone has a mountain, something in their life that is immovable in front of them. You know what's crazy? Jesus says something about mountains in the Bible. And he says something in Mark chapter 11. What does he say? He says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, move, it will be done for them. What a great promise. What a powerful promise. You and I have seen this promise true in our lives. You may have experienced it around you. You may have seen your friend experience it where they've, they've had an obstacle, they've prayed for it, and God did something. God did a miracle. God healed. God restored. God provided. God showed up. You and I have seen this promise happen. But my question today is, what do you do when your mountain isn't moving? What if it's not shifting and changing? What if the hardship and the struggle, that thorn in your side, what if that's not moving? What if it's not going away? When you've done all you know to do, I mean, some of you, you've walked around this baby. You've walked around the mountain. You've spoke to the mountain. You've prayed for the mountain. You've said, God, take this out of my life. Destroy this mountain. Heal, deliver, provide. You are praying. You are walking around it. You're talking to it. You're declaring. You've recited every verse you know to recite. You've worshiped. You've checked all the spiritual boxes. But still, it ain't moving. Can we be real? Some of you, this, you you're like, man, I got this. God, I, I know you can do it, but let me just step in and try to just move it myself. And you're exhausted. You're tired. Do you ignore it? What do you do when the mountain isn't moving? Do you pretend it's not there? No, I got no problems in my life. Bless God. I'm, just, I'm so amazing right now. God has blessed me. I don't have any, I don't, I don't see anything over here. Do you pretend it's not there? Do you quit? Because you're tired and you have reason to, because it's not moving and you've done everything you know to do. Do you throw in the towel? Other people are telling you, why are you, why are you standing in faith? Nothing's changing. Just stop believing for that dream. Stop believing for that promise. Stop believing for that open door. Stop believing for that spouse. It's just not going to happen. What do you do when your mountain doesn't move? Good question. Paul says in Ephesians 6, he says, put on the full armor of God. Right? He talks about like a breastplate, a belt of truth, a helmet. He talks about all of these things. He says, put on all of these things. Pray, worship, 
Do all of it. All these spiritual truths. But he says, when you've done all you know to do, he says, stand and stand firmly. So what do you do when your mountain isn't moving by faith? You stand on it. You stand on it. In your difficulty, your hardship, your struggle, if it isn't moving in faith, stand on it. That is the word for you today. God is saying in your life, in this season, stand on it. My wife, Summer, we almost been married 20 years and she's, uh, she's been battle, battling vertigo for I don't know how many years. And she's seen countless doctors. And she's tried various techniques. She's seen specialists. She's tried a whole lot to fix the problem. We've prayed and we've done things. Done as much as we could. I've prayed for her. I've laid hands on her. But yet the vertigo still lingers. She can't fly and do some trips that she'd hoped to do. The vertigo will even affect her driving to places because motion just exasperates it. There's not a day, there's not a moment in her life where she's not battling. She's not fighting. It's day in and it's day out. Now she came to me a few weeks ago. And I knew she was been ba- I knew she's been battling. And it had been hard. And she said, Nick, we've prayed. I've walked around this thing. I've done all I know to do as a believer. I've done all I know to do. All I've been taught to do. But this mountain isn't moving. And she said, Nick, you know what I feel compelled to do? I feel compelled to stand on it. I'm no longer going to allow this to crush me. I'm not going to allow it to steal my joy, my peace, my contentment. I'm not going to allow this to keep me from moving forward. All that fired me up. That fired me up. Friends, like Summer's choosing to do, it's time to stop looking up at your mountain. You don't have to live under the struggles and the mountains in your life. It's time to elevate and see your life and yourself and your mountain from a new perspective. Some of you today need to hear this because you feel like the only option I have is to just sit behind the mountain, let it run its course, and be a victim. And Jesus is saying, no, in the middle of any storm you face in life, you can live the dream. It's all about your perspective. Now, I know the mountain may not be moving in our lives, whatever that is. It looks big, it hasn't moved, the report hasn't gotten any better, the person hasn't changed, the opportunities haven't come. But the Bible says, friend, that you are an overcomer. That means, that means there will be some things in your life, listen to me, there'll be some things in in your life that obstacles, setbacks, mountains, that you will have to come over. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we come over things in our life when they come our way? How do, we, how do we come over the mountains that aren't moving in our lives? What do we do while we stand? Like what, a, what does standing even mean? Revelation 12, 11, it says that they overcome 
or they come over by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. In other words, we have to remind ourselves and fix our focus on God's truth for our lives. As you navigate life and you go to work and you talk to your neighbors and you're doing all the things that you're doing at school, it's easy, it's easy to allow the promises of God to get cloudy in your life. We must be reminded. We must remind ourselves. We must speak the truth of God's word to ourselves. And so in your car, at school, on your way to work, wherever you're doing, while you're running on the treadmill, you're saying, Father, I don't like this. I didn't see it coming, but I thank you that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the, in the world. I believe you'll work all things out for good for those who are in Christ Jesus. God, I've seen you deliver me before. I believe you're going to do it again. I'm not going to talk about how big this is, this mountain. I'm going to talk about how big my God is. I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm ignoring it. I'm just going to choose to say, you know what? I'm looking beyond it. I'm not where I want to be, but I trust God is at work in and around me. And I'm not going to let the struggle and the hurt and the sickness rob me of my peace, joy, and contentment. I'm going to change my perspective. And I'm going to focus on his promises. And listen, I'm going to continue to stand on it until God moves it. I'm going to stand on it until God moves it. Oh, friends, this is so important for us. This is so key for us as believers. It's, what, it's the difference maker. Because of Jesus, we can see our mountains differently. It may seem like you're thorn, but it's not. You're, it, it, this can become your platform. It can be a mountain or it can be a medium. You choose. You have the decision today. Because I will tell you, if you will choose to stand on that mountain, people will start to take notice. People will start to take notes. You see, it's hard to miss people who stand on mountains. <laughs> it's really hard to miss people who are standing on mountains. Instead of shrinking under it, becoming a victim, you stand. And when you do, coworkers, friends, those close to you begin to wonder, how is she staying in peace through what she's walking through? How is, she, how is she walking around with joy and this sense of confidence even though her mountain isn't changing? See, how can she go to city first and worship when all the things around her is falling apart? See what, what's happening? You see what's happening is you're allowing God to take that hurt and that pain or that difficulty and turn that mountain into a pedestal to show the people around you that even though this mountain hasn't changed, you're gonna still trust God who knows the beginning from the end. See, we need more people that can say, I'm going through it, but I trust God. Everyone can have faith when all is good. Everyone can have faith when all is well. But I believe God's looking for some people that say, you know what? It's, this seems like an immovable mountain in my life. I'm in the middle of a storm, but I still trust him. I still believe he's good. I still believe he's fighting for me. Nothing speaks louder to your friends than when people see you overcome obstacles that should have stole your joy, should have stole your peace, should have stole your strength. You're walking in peace 
despite what's going on around you. Your mountain could become the vehicle in which God does his greatest work through you. We don't want it. We don't pray for it. We don't wish it on anybody. But this mountain God could use to do his greatest work through your life. This book is it's not just a book. This is the inspired word of God. And we possess half of the New Testament because one man said yes to God's purposes for his life. And he didn't write most of it from an easy place. The Apostle Paul wrote most of this from prison. Not for doing the wrong thing, but for doing the right thing. He didn't get bitter. He didn't quit. He didn't feel sorry for himself. He chose to stand on the mountain. And he took what was available to him in that season. And inspired by God, he wrote letters. Encouraging believers everywhere. And we're still, now today, being impacted by those letters. What happened? He stood on his mountain. And that prison became a platform. And God used it for his glory. Did he want to be in prison? Absolutely not. But in prison, in a dark place, he chose to elevate his perspective, anchor to God's promise, and God used that mountain for his ministry. Friend, God doesn't waste pain. Your prison, your dark place, it can become your greatest platform to encourage and to help other people. Some of you need to hear this today, that this is not a mountain that is your demise. It is a mountain that has indication that God has great things in your future, that the enemy is trying to oppose. Five months ago, this year, I got a call that I wouldn't wish on anyone. I remember where I was in Houston. I was coming back from a seven-on-seven football tournament with my son. And we were walking into a, a Buffalo Wild Wings. And I was with coaches and family members from the team. And we walked into that Buffalo Wild Wings. And I saw, uh, I saw a number call. It was my mom. And uh, called her back and she said, Nick, Adam has just passed away. Adam was my older brother. He was three years older than me. Grew up with me in Beloit, just north of here, and we did everything together. We were very, very close. And he was creative, he was super talented. He has an amazing son named Jackson, who's 20 now. And five months ago, I was staring at the, uh, the biggest mountain I'd ever experienced in my life. Biggest obstacle, without question. You see, Sometimes when a mountain like this hits you, you may not have the faith to stand on it. Sometimes it's okay to sit on it. So that's what I'm doing. And that's what my family's doing. Trusting God when you don't understand. Leaning into his grace. 
and his peace, anchored in his goodness, working through grief while being overwhelmed by the love of so many. And I'm believing that God will somehow, somehow work this loss out for our good and for his good. And I'm starting to understand once again what I'm preaching to you today. How God can use a mountain to minister. Not a few months after I got that call, I got a text message from a good friend in Houston. His name was Sean. Incredible human being. Very generous. We fish a lot together. We become a good friend. And Sean texted me, well aware of what I was walking through. And he said, Nick, you're not going to believe this. But my best friend, who was like a brother to me, just died. And he died in the same manner that Adam did. So Sean and I, over lunch, sat as tears fell down our faces. And just with each other, sitting on a mountain together. And I began to experience how I could empathize and listen and be there for him in a way that no one else could. I could understand how he felt. And he could understand how I felt. Now, it didn't completely remove the pain for either of us, but it was better. And it was progress. And it was God using my pain and his pain to strengthen, heal, and love. The comfort we received, we could now pass on to other people. The mountains were ministering. Friends, I know it's hard. We all would prefer to stand in faith than sit. But it's here where we can often connect to people the most effectively. Where you can listen and you can love and you can empathize and you can give compassion. God never wastes pain. In fact, it can be a unique instrument. We don't like it. We don't wish the mountain on anyone else. But when we stand or sit, or sometimes if you're really exhausted, you lay. You become uniquely qualified and equipped to help someone else facing a similar situation or mountain. Oh, I wonder today if you would change your perspective and begin to realize maybe this mountain God you could use to minister some form or fashion what could God do with your mountain what could he do with your pain what could he do with your struggle I wonder how many people need to hear the good news that you can face something but you can stay in faith and you can allow God to work good out of it friend God's really really good at turning a mess into a message taking trouble and using it for transportation taking obstacles and working opportunities out of it he's really good at that Here's the good news. While you stand or sit on your mountain in faith, God never stops working on it. He never stops working on it. While you're sleeping, he's working. While you're driving, he's working. While you're worshiping, he's working. While you're mowing the grass, he's working. God, when you're standing in faith, not always knowing the right things to say or pray, God works. He works. You may feel like that mountain has you surrounded. I have great news for you today. God has that mountain surrounded. He has that mountain surrounded.
Zechariah 4, there's this fascinating leader named Zerubbabel. Weird name, but he's a great leader. And Zerubbabel was attempting to rebuild the temple in Israel. Now, this is a big deal in the Old Testament. The temple represented everything God wanted to do with his people. All of God's promises. That's where his presence, this was a major, major deal for forward progress. And as, as he's attempting to rebuild, the Samaritans come against him and the Israelites. Preventing him, obstacles, standing in front of him. Preventing him from doing what God had commanded him to do. He faced a mountain, right? A movable mountain in front of him. And it's not moving. But the prophet Zechariah comes with a message from God to him. And I want to just pass that message on to you today. And he says, listen, the purpose of God for you will be accomplished. Not by power, not by might, but by the spirit of the Lord. What looks like a great mountain in front of you, Zerubbabel, I am going to make into a molehill. Many of you today have stood on your mountain for years, maybe sometimes sitting like summer. You've chosen to trust God, fighting to keep the right perspective, using it as a platform. Well, I'm believing and I'm declaring the words of Zechariah over your life. God is going to turn that mountain into a molehill. I believe as you stand, it's going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Because you're choosing to stand in faith, God's going to flatten some things out in your life. Sometimes God removes it instantly, and those are great. Sometimes God removes it slowly and makes them into molehills. Either way, the mountains in your life are moving. They're moving. So I want to ask you a question today as we close. What is the mountain in your life? Career, addiction, depression, marriage, unexpected report. What is the mountain in your life that today you're not going to choose to stand behind it and allow it to rob you of the great things God wants to do in you right now? You're going to choose to stand on it. Or sit on it and say, God, I don't understand it, but I believe you're working. I believe this can be a platform. I believe you can use this for good. Symbolically today, if it's not too uncomfortable, if you have a mountain that you would want to stand on in faith today, can you just stand to your feet right now without anyone moving around, without distraction? If you have a mountain that you want to stand on or stand on for someone else, you have a sibling, you have a family member, you have a coworker that says, I know they're facing something and I'm going to stand on the mountain for them. And I'm going to believe together that as we're standing, God's going to move it. God's in the mountain moving business. Our role when we've done everything we know to do, stand. Stand firm and watch God move. And I believe and declare as you stand on it in faith today. I believe as you elevate your perspective, trusting God, you're not only going to see the mountains moved in your life, but you're going to experience joy, you're going to experience peace, and you're going to experience contentment in Jesus' name. And you will see that whatever is happening isn't happening to you, it is happening for you. 
And you will become the person God's designed you to be. And you will fulfill your God-given purpose. If you believe that today, can you say amen? Father, I thank you for your presence, that you're here, that you're moving, both here in this room and online. And we just surrender to you once again. We're not going to try to move the mountain in our own strength. We've tried it. We're exhausted. You say you're going to move it, not by might or power, but by your spirit. So as we stand in faith, giving you our focus, fixing our focus on your promises, reminding ourselves of your promise, right where we're at, we're going to experience a new wave of peace a new wave of joy, a new wave of strength and contentment becoming everything you've designed us to be. You're the author and you're the finisher of our faith. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said.